This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks, let's take a look here. I just want to reread the last uh, piece of this paragraph. It says, We hope that the stresses through which the system is likely to pass will cause it to break down, or at least will weaken it sufficiently so that a revolution against it becomes possible. Now, what I see happening, all right, and it's not just what I see, it's what we're reading what we're watching the elites, the bankers, the prison planet wardens, the social engineering class, what they're talking about here. So when you look to World Economic Forum, which is really the chamber of commerce between the public and private sectors, so-called public and private sectors, and the marketing arm for technocracy, as they talk about the fourth industrial revolution, the fourth industrial revolution, right, is the merger of the biological, physical, and digital worlds. And it's really the bridge between the third industrial era and the fourth industrial era. Well, we are seeing, right, a lot of stresses on the system, supposedly. We're seeing cyber hacking. We're seeing power grids going down. We're seeing uh, identity theft, right? We're seeing all these issues. So you think that it would lead people to want to revolt against this system, understanding that they've been sort of uh, engineered into a technological prison, and the technological prison has a lot of flaws, and it creates a lot of problems for them, like identity theft that we didn't have to worry about 20 years ago, or cyber hacking, or having your bank accounts stolen, things that you did not have to worry about before those technologies existed. Unfortunately, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, unfortunately, I believe that the system, right, the worldwide technocracy, that a lot of what you're witnessing happen uh, or happening appears to be the system breaking down. I believe it's actually orchestrated by the system. It's an orchestrated collapse. And the objective is to then drive us further into the arms of technology. So, If you wanted to force people 
if you wanted to flim flam people, if you wanted to trick people into central bank digital currency, into getting a rice grain size microchip in their hand as their form of payment, if you wanted to push people into uh, the technocracy further, what would you do, right? If you wanted to make it go faster than just uh, natural progress, I would be orchestrating such events, orchestrating cyber hacking, orchestrating uh, identity theft, orchestrating power grid outages. And then I would use those to say to people, hey, we have to have more security. We need to move to the rice grain chip in the hand, or we need to move to a QR code system, or we need to move towards a brain chip inside of your head. That's what I would do if I was working for these folks. That's what I would actually recommend, that we orchestrate this stuff, like controlled opposition, similar to that, and we would move people towards more technology instead of away from technology, because you never see the discussion come up Except for people like me, uh, maybe you, but I'm talking about people that are out there trying to put their ideas forward like I am. There's probably a couple dozen people who say less technology is the answer. Hey, you want to end cyber hacking? Well, let's go back to cash. Okay, so... Unfortunately, I don't see the system actually breaking down. I see it being a controlled demolition, an orchestrated collapse um, in order to drive people further into the arms of technology and not away from technology. Now, the true revolution, the organic revolution, um, is me, is you, people like us that are actually talking about how we can step outside of the system. That's truly how you revolt against the system and resist the system. You just figure out what it is, where it is, and then move away from it and choose to interact with it as little as possible. Now, obviously, when you're driving down the street, driving down the highway, you're tracked by cameras, scanners, all that. You can't avoid that. It's there, and it's constantly being built. And whether they claim they're going to reform it, they're going to restrict it the cameras are up there on the highway and as the author says they may only scan the plates of speeders today but the technology is there to scan everyone's plate tomorrow and you can't keep track of all the laws and rules and regulations nor can an elected official even if you want to believe that person is a good guy they have no clue that all this stuff is going on no one including myself could track all of this it's huge if we wanted to find out what a particular camera on a highway is scanning, it could take us 10, 15, 20, 30 hours just to go back and find all the legislation and the budgets and everything else that allowed that camera to go up. That's one camera. Then we're going to fight that camera? Well, guess what? There's 5 billion other cameras around the planet Earth doing the same exact thing. So I think you're going to see the orchestrated collapse to drive us further into the arms of technology. The only way to truly resist or revolt is to do it in your own life. Paragraph 135. It says in paragraph 125, we used an analogy of a weak neighbor who is left destitute by a strong neighbor who takes all his land by forcing on him a series of compromises but suppose now that the strong neighbor gets sick so that he is unable to defend himself the weak neighbor can force the strong one to give him his land back or he can kill him 
If he lets the strong man survive and only forces him to give the land back, he is a fool. Because when the strong man gets well, he will again take all the land for himself. The only sensible alternative for the weaker man is to kill the strong one while he has the chance. In the same way, while the industrial system is sick, we must destroy it. If we compromise with it and let it recover from its sickness, it will eventually wipe out all of our freedom. And let me point this out, because that's very important as well. As I've mentioned on the show, I believe we are in a bridge period between the third industrial era and the fourth industrial era. This is sort of the silver lining in all this. I see it as the system. There was a decision made by those that run the system that the system maybe was going under a series of stresses because they built it up so quickly. Technology got to the point where it was starting to grow exponentially. And so just like maybe Catherine Austin Fitz, Wide Awake Jim, John Titus, and others talk about the fiat currency system, the system of debt, they can't keep it running forever. It's splitting at the seams. So what they do is they devise the new plan, the new system, the new technocracy, right? So while they're between the third and the fourth industrial eras, and we're in this fourth industrial revolution phase, right? They call theirs a revolution. It's technology revolting against humanity. That's really what it is. They are weak, in my opinion. It's like moving a company from one operating system to another operating system. And in that downtime, there's a weakness. Unfortunately, we don't have an organized force. Like this would be the time to revolt against the system. Although people are not organized, they don't understand it, they don't know what's coming, they don't know where it came from, they're not listening to this show and others. So we can't revolt against it as a collective. But what I think, and and this is what allows me to have some hope for myself and my family, is I believe this bridge period is a little bit longer than most people actually believe. I think it's going to take them at least to 2030, maybe a few years later, to get a lot of the full-blown digital slavery into place. I think it's taking them longer than they would have liked. Maybe they're having some issues with the technology. Maybe all the little worker bees and all the companies aren't working as fast as they wanted them to. Maybe they made mistakes. Maybe they jabbed the crap out of people. They gave a bunch of people chemo brain, and those people, just like at the uh, tire place this morning, are going to work and they're not programming as fast as they wanted them to so the system is taking longer for them to build this full-blown digital slave system this matrix is taking them longer to build so for people like you and me this is where we have the ability to revolt because the system is weak if all of a sudden let's say you're starting with nothing today nothing zero and you're saying, well, how am I going to catch up? How am I ever going to be able to buy a piece of land, free and clear the banks? Well, if you have 10 years to do it and you put these goals together, then you have the ability to get that accomplished before they lock down the whole prison system. You still have the ability, like in, uh, what was that movie with Clint Eastwood? Escape from Alcatraz, you still have the ability to use your spoon to break apart the concrete blocks, dig the hole, and escape from Alcatraz. Because this isn't coming tomorrow. 
It's coming 10 years from now. So you have the ability to set things up appropriately and to be able to escape the system. That's what I think the upside to this stuff is, folks. Let's continue. We're on a new section now. This is simpler social problems have proved intractable. Paragraph 136, if anyone still imagines that it would be possible to reform the system in such a way as to protect freedom from technology, let him consider how clumsily and for the most part unsuccessfully our society has dealt with other social problems that are far more simple and straightforward. Among other things, the system has failed to stop environmental degradation, political corruption, drug trafficking or domestic abuse now the the author does bring up environment a lot don't think of it as the climate change grift because obviously we do pollute the environment even wide awake jim admits that the climate grift is about stopping pollution that actually isn't real or causing the effects that they claim it is all right and trying to stop certain things that are just going to drive up costs for you and me and drive us further into a carbon credit slave state system this author is talking about actually protecting the real environment the natural world and humanity he is pro-human he is pro-natural world uh, but look at the issues he brings up environment what you would call social issues back in 1995 environmental degradation political corruption drug cra- uh, trafficking domestic abuse so as he's saying how were we as a society going to fix that stuff how do we change the culture to change the society that wasn't done so how the hell are you going to reform a technological prison planet state which is much harder to do and which is almost impossible to explain to people i mean if you're listening to me talk about this almost every single day on average 25 26 days a month right you're a special person as far as i'm concerned i am too to be able to sit here and talk about this and break it down try to analyze it and understand it the majority of people can't do that try to explain central bank digital currency to one person uh, that, that doesn't know about all this stuff it's very very difficult to do So if the system cannot stop things it's claiming to want to stop, like destroying the environment, political corruption, drug trafficking, domestic abuse, how is the system going to stop something that the system is actually building? Technocracy. The system is technocracy. We live in a culture of technocracy. So to believe we're going to change that at a large level as a collective, and we're going to free all these people that don't even know that they're living in a prison is ridiculous but it's it's fine i think because we discovered we have to save ourselves and i believe if you come up with a plan and we start to escape the system we are going to lead others by example there will be people your kids your grandkids and others will start to take notice of this once a few bad things happen to them while they're living in the system let's say they live in a densely populated area in a city And they just realize how disgusting it is. It's breaking down. They're always getting ripped off. They're living paycheck to paycheck. Their bank account gets hacked. Their credit card gets stolen. All of these things. Eventually, they get a bad taste in their mouth. And you tell them, that's the system of technocracy, kiddo. That's what I've been talking to you about. All of the problems that come along with living in the technological society are the problems that most people are facing each and every day. The traffic. Oh, I have friends of mine here in Frederick that drive to D.C. to go to work. Why'd they move out to Frederick? 
because they couldn't afford a two-bedroom house for a million dollars in D.C. So they move out here and they buy a two-bedroom house for $500,000. Then they drive two hours to work, two hours back, four hours in the car. A day, five days a week, 20 hours in the car. That's a 1,000 hours a year they're spending in the car driving back and forth to work. And they see the congestion. That is all a problem connected to the technological society. Want to avoid it? Move to the woods of West Virginia. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to move to a short break. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. All right, folks, we're in the middle of industrial society and its future, written in 1995, and we are on paragraph 137. Take our environmental problems, for example. Here, the conflict of values is straightforward. Economic expedience now versus saving some of our natural resources for our grandchildren. Okay? So, you got it. Here's the example. Economic expedience right now versus saving some of the natural resources for our grandchildren. But on this subject, we get only a lot of blather and obfuscation from the people who have power and nothing like a clear, consistent line of action. And we keep on piling up environmental problems that our grandchildren will have to live with. Now, I'll just bring this up now. It's important because we just mentioned, uh, I just talked about orchestrated collapse, controlled demolition to drive us further into technocracy. So over the last 25 years, you have the climate change hustle, the green grift going on. And as you can see through the documents that Wide Awake Jim has broken down, and now especially the books he's been getting into reviewing here at the show, you can see that they took, the elites took a problem that they caused through industrialization, which is real pollution. They manipulated the facts all right, they messed with the science to create a fake problem for why the planet is being polluted. They take all of these natural occurrences, tornadoes, hurricanes, droughts, flooding and such, and they blame that on the fake science they created so they could point the finger at us. And then the solution now to saving the planet for our kids and grandkids is to drive us into a carbon credit-based CBDC system, which will not save the planet, but will give them more power and control. So the technological system expands, more freedom is taken away, And the climate does not end up changing, nor does the planet end up being protected. The elites now take the natural world and they start manipulating biology and they have further control over humanity and nature. 
That, that's actually what they're doing. So, as I said, this is an orchestrated collapse, a controlled demolition to drive us further into technology. So they take what's a real issue, they pervert it, and then they use it to further control folks and drive them further into a slave state system, all by telling you it's their plan to save humanity. And remember, why do I, Jim blew this out of the water? He proved the people that created the climate hoax are the bankers. The bankers are the ones driving the so-called... Uh, propaganda to save the planet well they're also the ones who destroyed the planet and they're the ones who actually continue to pollute and destroy the planet in ways that are not going to change like using the throwaway plastic bottles that wide awake jim used as a very simple example here on the show they're not going to fix that although that would actually have an effect on so-called pollution let's continue attempts to resolve the environmental issue consist of struggles and compromises between different factions some of which are ascendant at one moment others at another moment the line of struggle changes with the shifting currents of political opinion this is not a rational process nor is it one that is likely to lead to a timely and successful solution to the problem Major social problems, if they get, quote, solved, end quote, at all, are rarely or never solved through any rational, comprehensive plan. They just work themselves out through a process in which various competing groups pursuing their own, usually short-term, self-interest arrive, mainly at luck, at some more or less stable modus vivendi. In fact, the principles we formulated in paragraphs 100 to 106 make it seem doubtful that rational long-term social planning can ever be successful so the author is even saying you know he showed you that the long-term social planning doesn't actually work right and then the short-term stuff is short-term right so let's just leave it right there i'm going to move on to paragraph 138 thus it is clear that the human race has at best a very limited capacity for solving even relatively straightforward social problems how then is it going to solve the far more difficult and subtle problem of reconciling freedom with technology technology presents clear-cut material advantages whereas freedom is an abstraction that means different things to different people and its loss is easily obscured by propaganda and fancy talk now this is what i constantly struggle with i've talked a little bit about it on the show today clearly i talk about it a lot on the dust and gold standard it's very difficult to fight back against something that the majority wants to grow. And I've said before, Legal Man talks a lot about this on the podcast, the Quash, these Barnum statements, which really don't mean anything. They're really not defined. And so you have to define in your mind what is freedom. I've asked you what freedom means to you. Freedom is never going to mean the same thing to everyone because it is an abstract. So if you want more freedom or more liberty, you're going to have to define it and then create that, carve it out in your life. Uh, Because the system... Uh, of technology is just going to continue to grow because people want technology. They are sold on the idea of perceived convenience. 
Get this, it'll make your life better. Get this, it'll make your tasks easier. So they're sold on the idea of technology, although they are losing freedom, but they don't realize that, and they're not going to realize that. And freedom to you means something than it does to me. Maria Albanese and I are good friends. We talk a lot off the air. Her and I, I know, I've never really said this to her straight up, but we have a different idea what freedom actually is. Jim and I, why do I, Jim and I have a different idea of what freedom is? So we're not all going to agree on freedom. So even if you could bring in the United States all 370 million people, including babies, to a table to make decisions on what freedom is and where technology is going to go, what lines we're going to cross and not cross, not everyone would agree because not everyone has the same idea of what freedom is. I said to you, some people may believe that freedom is to be able to install a brain chip in their head, or their idea of freedom may be that they get to take hormones and mutilate their genitals. You know, so how are you ever going to come to terms with what freedom is? You want to complain, or I do, about censorship on Spotify or censorship on YouTube or on Twitter or Facebook? Well, those companies are going to say it is their freedom to be able to censor people. See, not everyone is going to agree on this idea of freedom. So you have to define freedom and then build your life around the closest you can get to that notion of freedom, that definition of freedom, of what you see freedom as. Paragraph 139, and note this important difference. It is conceivable that our environmental problems, for example, may someday be settled through a rational, comprehensive plan. But if this happens, it will be only because it is in the long-term interest of the system to solve these problems. That's the climate change hustle. It's in their interest. They're not actually solving the problems. They're going to drive you further into technology. They're going to further destroy the planet. They're going to blame it on you. Because as the author mentions earlier, they are focused on the immediate returns. They don't care about long-term. They're not thinking generationally. The people running the system are thinking generationally in terms of locking their kids and grandkids into power, into control, to be the elites in the society. They're not thinking long-term about whether or not the planet is going to be polluted. goes on to say, but it is not in the interest of the system to preserve freedom or small group autonomy. On the contrary, it is the interest of the system to bring human behavior under control to the greatest possible extent. Did this author not nail this or what, folks? 28 years ago. Goes on to say, thus, while practical considerations may eventually force the system to take a rational, prudent approach to environmental problems, equally practical considerations will force the system to regulate human behavior even more closely, preferably by indirect means that will disguise the encroachment on freedom. This just isn't our opinion. Eminent social scientists, for example, James Q. Wilson, have stressed the importance of socializing people more effectively. You got that? Again, this author nailed it back in 1995. Everything that we're seeing going on today was predicted in this paper. This paper should have been called The Crystal Ball. Because it nails exactly what's happening here under this system of technocracy. And hopefully one day, 28 years from now, there will be folks sitting there going, wow, the dust and gold standard, they really nailed it. Look at what we're living under today. This guy knew what was happening. No, folks, it's not predicting 
the future. We're not prophets here. We're just looking at the plans, as this gentleman did, this author did. He looked at the plans. He connected the dots. He backed up and tried to look at this from a perspective of human nature, and he was able to see what was coming. He didn't predict it. He actually was just able to look at what these guys were building and understand what the uh, rational conclusion was going to be. And, and I see it as the engineering of humanity out of existence. That's where this system goes. That does not mean that someone at the top like Klaus Schwab or Yuval Noah Harari or any of them have to sit there in the mirror and go, we are going to engineer humanity out of existence. Just look at the technology they have. Look at the psychology of the folks they have developing this. And the only rational conclusion is to understand that it leads to the engineering of humanity out of existence because they're always trying to engineer everything to conform to this utopian system they have in mind. And, and I said a few minutes ago, these guys don't care about, you know, short-term climate change or polluting the planet. Maybe they actually do. So maybe their solution is they're going to wipe out a large portion of the population so less resources are consumed, meaning they have access to more resources, they lower the pollution in which they think that's going to save the planet. So they'll kill people to save the planet for themselves. I mean, that makes perfect sense. If you were in power to do that, you know, would you not? I mean, I, I wouldn't because I don't think that I'm the type of person that could be Thanos from the Marvel superhero movies and snap my fingers and kill half the planet to save the other half. I, I just don't think I could do that. But these guys definitely are of that mindset all right folks when we get back we're going to continue my name is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold 